Welcome to the Good Millennial Podcast, a podcast reimagining an entire generation. Well, hello there, cool cats and kittens. Carol Bat, I mean, Diana Morales here with the Good Millennial Podcast. On today's episode, one of my dearest friends in the entire universe joins us for a conversation on life, motherhood, kundalini, as well as human design and the universe, Joanna Andre of Wandering Wellness. I sat down with Joanna at the end of last week to have this conversation and without taking up too much of your time, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be on the Good Millennial. What an honor. Oh, no, honestly, you, you're you the first person that knew that I was uh, oh my gosh. doing anything. I remember, I think you were the only person I told. And when I came up with the name, you were the first. I had just left your house. And <sighs> I, it was a few months ago. Well, I love the name. You know how much I love the name. I think it's so excellent. Oh, perfect. I love you. Thanks. I love you too. Um, But, you know, basically it was only really meant to be the blog. And then, you know, lately I've been having these conversations and you were, you know, you're one of the people I talk to the most in the world. And I Mm -hmm. absolutely wanted to have you on. And I'm really thrilled that you're here. I'm so excited. I love podcasts so much. They've been saving me lately. <laughs> so many yeah. people in the world. Yeah, there are so many. I only I only really listen to I keep it to like seven to ten podcasts because otherwise I, I would go insane. Um I have this I I think it's like a problem, but if I get like too much of I get overly stimulated and then I'm like I crash. So I have to like limit myself to the things that I, I do sometimes. Totally get it. But how are you doing in relation to the current world order? It's so interesting. I mean, I've been reflecting a lot about it. Just, I think we all have been reflecting. We've been forced to do some inner introspection, whether we like it or not, in our shelters in place. Um, and the really fascinating thing is um, and you've heard this candidly as my friend, but I'm, I told you I'm going to be very candid on the podcast and probably talk a lot yes. about motherhood, but motherhood has kind of been kicking my ass um, <laughs> for a, oh. a couple months now. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not in a bad way. I mean, certainly that connotation is not positive, but it's just basically been the biggest spiritual boot camp I could ever imagine going through. And Um, I think, you know, it's like that, I don't know, for everyone in some ways, but um, it's definitely just been like a major up-leveling. So to answer your question, I mean, on some level, it's kind of fascinating because I feel like I've been going through like the gritty, like challenging and awesome and wonderful and expansive and really, really hard things in a microcosmic world of just being a mom and entrepreneur and a 
wife and a mm-hmm. sister and a daughter and like all and just all this like total new identity I mean Ace is almost eight months old but it still feels like it's definitely gotten better since the beginning um which was sort of a trial by fire for me but yeah um, but it's like, I remember yeah yeah you remember but but so it's so fascinating because I feel like all of that would be going on no matter what was going on outside in the outside world and then you add you know, this craziness of the crisis and fear and the pandemic and the death and the heaviness Mm. and the, I mean, it's so um, intense for every single being out there. And and yet, you know, in some ways, and you know me, I'm like very into astrology, very into like a lot of alternative ways of thinking about things that, you know, in some ways, this year was talked a lot about a lot astrologically um, and all this stuff like to be this really big kind of decision point in humanity's ability to kind of upgrade themselves like upgrade of consciousness upgrade of and you that doesn't have to be as woo woo as it sounds it can just literally like literally be you know are we creatively transforming to meet the needs of a changing world and so this is really long-winded but I mean but it's it's been so fascinating to have like this the pressures of just being just there's no just being a mom but being a new mom and like just all the craziness that comes with that and and Asa is I mean he's a happy healthy amazing kiddo but he's definitely like a spirited high needs guy he's like a total you know um he's not really an easy to to put down and go like have your me time kind of baby (laughs) he's never been that way so right um so that's been you know so fascinating to then see through the prism of, uh, you know, this coronavirus pandemic. Um, and I think, you know, I think like everyone, it's, it's tough. And yet I am finding myself on solid ground more often than not. I think in large part to my yoga and meditation practice, which I know, you know, we're going to talk more about that, but I think, um, I think it's just, it's fascinating to have to be this like incredible anchor and support system for a little tiny being um, and to Mm kind of like have it together for them because by the nature of my role, I have to, but then also to, you know, kind of turn outward and think about, oh gosh, you know, how, how does that then play into the sort of the tapestry of what's going on in the world and how I, you know, both metabolize what's happening, but also, you know, not use it to my detriment or to the detriment of my family. Because so, it's it's like, we have to be able to hold two poles of this. One being, um, it's really sad and, you know, people are dying, like I said, and getting sick. But the other side is we're, we're going to come out of this and it ha- we have to be better than when we went in. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, it's sort of like failure is not an option. Um, and so the optimist in me wants to see this. I'm always looking for the silver lining. Always, always, always. I do that with my clients. I do that in my personal life. I do that like with everything I'm in. I've been that way. I think, I think that's just part of my, one of my gifts and how I've been wired. But, you know, there is definitely a silver lining to there, you know, to every single thing that's that's going down. So to answer your first question, <laughs> twenty minutes later, um, I'm okay. Only 10. I'm okay. I'm okay. I think um, I'm taking it day by day, and and 
you know, sometimes it's moment by moment, which I think is the wisest thing any of us can do um, is to be present and to be in the moment, get too far ahead of ourselves. Absolutely. It's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting time for sure. And, you know, I know this is going to sound silly, but Dave Chappelle, the comedian Hmm. said something last year. I, I do too. And he's from DC. Yeah. So what's not so oh, loud. But he said something about, you know, and this can be more than just the country. He said the country has felt tighter mm. or not tighter in like a we're u- unified way, but just the tension has been so high. And I felt that. T- tension was just so high all the time and I mean it is extremely high right now Mm. but it it feels refocused and that's been interesting to see and I know that you know when we when we start to come out of this and this is going to be a long a long period of time and as a historian it's like a new era will begin Mm -hmm. from this And that's really interesting to see in our lifetime that there will be a new era after this and that things do need to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that whole tightening, I completely agree with. And Yogi Bhajan, who was, you know, great yogic master and kind of the, the father of Kundalini yoga in the West, which I practice a lot of it, he would, you know, talk about, he died in the early 2000s, but he would talk about how he's like, you guys need to pay attention, like in 20, 30, 40 years, like there's gonna be so much pressure on the planet that people are going to lose their freaking minds if they don't know how to meditate. (laughs) And like, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of not because we're seeing it, you know, And, and I think, and, you know, even just in our families and with our friends and, you know, seeing in ourselves for sure, you know, the days where I can't mm-hmm. meditate until like, you know, eight or 9 PM, which thank God are few and far between, but they happen. Um, you know, they're a lot harder. And I think, you know, it's, it's really, it's fascinating. One of the silver linings, like I was mentioning before is I am seeing a lot of people, you know, reach out to me, reach out to, you know, other teachers and reach out. Um, even I'm even doing like a digital meditation classes for some companies right now, you know, which I think is so cool wow. that people are wanting to equip their employees with tools. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's so, um, it's just, it's such a necessity. It's one of my other teachers, Guru Jagat, who I'm also obsessed with, we can talk about her more later too. She she says meditation is no longer a luxury, it's a civic duty. And I yeah. I think I, I, there's just no pressure, high pressure time um, that we've been in like the present where that, that rings so true. And, you know, it used to be, I don't have time to meditate and it's like, I can't afford that time. And, and now we really, we can't afford... Um, not to because we are you know we're not being we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of the news and the media but the media is a business Mm -hmm. and we are being fed a ton of fear um it's it's like a real agenda item and it's really interesting have you seen you've probably seen all the john krasinski's good news some good news Oh, I love oh, my God. I love. Isn't he just like, yeah. I'm so, I'm just, I'm so in awe. I'm so happy when, again, great silver lining. But um, the last episode, the third episode I watched last night with Taylor, and 
I don't know if you remember noticing, and it's so cute, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's not a huge spoiler, but he essentially takes digitally a bunch of uh, the COVID unit at um, Beth Israel Deaconess, the famous hospital in Boston, to Red Sox mm-hmm. Stadium, and, they, and they're on the bus, and they're, like, talking with him, and he's on his iPad, and one of the... Um, one of the head guys on the unit team is like, wait a minute though. Like, why is the news not talking about all of the patients getting off ventilators and like all the recoveries? And we're seeing so many successes, so many wins. And I, and John, uh, you know, in the actual um, video, he's like, he's like, Oh man, that's what we call in the news business. Like a scoop, like you've got a scoop over there. And it's true. It's like, (laughs) it's so true. You know, fear doesn't sell or, you know, happy story, happy endings don't sell unfortunately as well as fear. Um, and so I think, you know, that's something that I've had to constantly coach myself out of too lately of, of in this super tight, as you know, you mentioned, uh, world, Dave Chappelle said world and and in this kind of pressure cooker, we're being, you know, like a little manipulated because, because it's what drives ratings and it's what, you know, and then there's just, Mm -hmm. there's other agendas at play and that's fine. But, you know, you, you have to be strong and grounded enough in yourself to realize when you're going down the rabbit hole of fear, because someone's just feeding it to you and you're just kind of eating it with like zombie land and not paying attention. And for me, I mean, meditation has always been something I've loved in the last, you know, uh, kind of decade of my life when I found it, or I guess maybe a little over that now, but um, but now it's like, it's taking on more of a, like a rebel, like <laughs> warrior, <laughs> um, freedom right. vibe. Like I, it needs, you know, I have to be clear minded. I have to be able to parse through all the BS, um, that's out there. And there's a lot of crap. Um, yeah. It's a very Mad Max. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. You know, and not to say that like a lot of, I mean, a lot of what is being covered is super informative and super, um, super important for everybody to know, but it is, you know, the victories are out there and it, it is important for us to see them. Um, you did mention that you've been meditating for about 10 years, maybe a little over. And I kind of wanted to get into that and how you went from essentially living the corporate life, which has been the story of everyone on this podcast so far, including myself. (laughs) I love it. Like, you know, the extreme extreme is what I used to call it. Mm. And you moved away from that into wandering wellness, which is the name of your company. Mm -hmm. And, um, you are a meditation consultant. You teach Kundalini. You are an awesome mom to my baby boyfriend. Um, he was <laughs> such a ham. He's such, such a, ham. a he, ham. He loves Diana so much for all you listening. It's so cute. He just lights up whenever he sees her, which sadly hasn't been in a while, but um, yeah, he's I definitely know. your he buddy. Was, he is, and you guys were, you know, the two two of the last people I saw oh, yeah. in the real oh, world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were over right before all this went down. Right. I think we were talking about it and um, we were like, I think it was right. It was the week right before because we were doing our little Friday dates. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and then this happened. So I haven't seen him and I I can't wait to see you again, but uh, tell us about Joanna and how Joanna 
got started in this world of, you know, being a goddess. Oh, you're so sweet. So, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I'm going to like jump to my childhood, which I don't think I've ever like shared much, much about this on a podcast before, but I was really into martial arts when I was a little kid. And oh, mostly it was because apparently my mom tells a really funny story. Talk about a ham, you know, Ace is a ham. I'm a ham as well. We're both Leos. And um, apparently when I was like a little like five and six year old, you know, I'd like fall down, be totally fine, but like look around, see if people were watching and then be like, ah, you know, the like whole fake whale for attention, which <laughs> I think is so funny. My mom's like, we need to cut this crap out and immediately enroll her in some karate classes right now, which was also very wise on her part. And um, yeah, so I was really into karate when I was little and into martial arts. And I had this <laughs> wonderful um, grandmaster, uh, Master Roberts, who is this Hawaiian man who's so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Um, and I just... But like was really intense too. What I just loved him. But he, but I got into. I remember getting into the discipline of a practice from an early age with him. And then it was kind of like, I don't even remember really when I stopped. But like you know, pre-teens. Then it's not really cool, and you're learning about boys and lipstick and makeup and you kind of like forget all those not that karate is a little girl thing but it kind of was for me but those things that sort of define your childhood and you just morph and change and so I I stepped away from it and it's funny because I it took me a while to realize that coming back into yoga and coming back into meditation and this sort of full circle um journey that I've made from the extreme extreme is much more of a coming home than anything else and Mm. I think that that's just I think that rings so true for so many of us and you know not not everybody has a happy childhood so you know if you know your childhood was deeply troubling you don't necessarily want to revisit those times again and again but if you had those things that you loved and that you clung to and that you know gave you that joy and I remember you know really like having a practice and practicing forms and having you know like having this sort of spiritual discipline even though I don't know if I totally understood what that was like as an eight-year-old obviously um, there was something there that was fascinating to me but my story is you know the, the kind of quick and dirty is is I you know got out of college didn't know what I wanted to do randomly you know someone was like this healthcare company is hiring so started working there you know it's like 22 bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and then just started like mm-hmm. really working my way to the top and started um you know getting a lot of pats on the backs and promotions and things and and towards the end you know I was making a lot of money and I was traveling all the time yes. I really liked a lot of those parts for a while <laughs> um and then I realized that while I was good at it and I was being rewarded and compensated for it, I, my heart wasn't in it, which, you know, again, is a real privilege to be able to say that and feel it. But, you know, I was sing- I was dating Taylor, but we weren't married or anything. It was, you know, not, didn't have any children to feed, didn't have any like animals to feed mm-hmm. at that point, like didn't have um, that kind of world to, besides me, myself and I, and my, you know, my own rent and all that. And it, and it was really fascinating to very quickly um reach a place where you're like oh my gosh I feel like kind of powerful and then to realize that that power is really meaningless if 
what you're doing isn't really like your song to sing and right so it just so it just it got started eating at me and towards the end you know there was an emptiness and then um as like life does I got a real curveball my dad had a stroke um mm-hmm. that he survived as you know uh, but left him you know pretty debilitated very debilitated for a long time he was in like the ICU for many months and then he was in um a rehab hospital for many months and uh, and it was one of those moments where it was, you know, I, the moment that it happened um, and, you know, the, the minutes and hours after it just it just sort of like flips your world on its head. And I, I was supposed to go right. to Seattle. I was supposed to travel. And I, and I just remember thinking, like, mm, this isn't like life is short and it's so precious and this isn't it. And I didn't quite know what it was, but I had I had just started kind of like kicking at the pieces of like, you know, I need to work on my mental health. I'm really tired all the time and I'm really burning the candle at both ends and I'm really you know I love to work out I love to eat healthy but I don't know you know the the spiritual the mental component is missing and I also grew up Catholic and Jewish you know on both sides yeah so I had sort of like a really interesting blend of you know various big pillar religions but um they weren't they also weren't really feeding me uh you know on that deeper level and I remember thinking you know this is actually something I've got to find and build uh, you know, maybe find outside myself initially, but then build it within. Like I have to build this temple. I have to build this cathedral of calmness and relaxation oh, and groundedness yeah. inside. And, you know, that was something I never, ever in my wildest dreams, Diana, thought I could do. I mm-hmm. I tell this story a lot when I'm teaching, especially a corporate event, because, you know, I think I like roll in and I have like my hippie hat and like who is this like all in white woman who thinks she knows what she's talking about um and you know I used to be that person at the end of a yoga class that would roll my mat up um when it was time for shavasana and split because I could not sit still for three minutes or lie still you know um which is a real which is I've come to learn now is a real nervous system situation right it means that you're um your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight dominant, which many of us are. Mm-hmm. Many of us are in that kind of constant high cortisol, high adrenaline, uh, you know, like burnout mode. And even when we have the opportunity to relax, we don't know how. And it's it's not even like, oh, relax, relax, relax. Like our bodies are so trained to be in that high alert state that they don't know how. And to be honest, in a pandemic, in times like that, right, like it's really um, maybe an early motherhood. I think, you know, every time you hear a baby cry, you're like, oh, my God, um, you know, there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of moments where our nervous system can get um, hijacked, so to speak. And so it's even more important now to, you know, notice if that's you and to and to really bring some sort of a practice to um, to actively de-stress because that's one of the things, and I'm going all over the place, but I hope that's okay. Um, but that that's okay. one of the things I love about my sort of gateway meditation was called um, Yoga Nidra, which I've I've just been getting like little intuitive hits that I need to bring that back again. So I'm going to, which is really exciting. I haven't told anybody that. I haven't even posted about it. Um, Yay! Yes, but Yoga Nidra is like just a really beautiful, gentle, guided relaxation yoga it it essentially means yogic sleep Mm. right so that was like that was my first foray so 
anyway, after the stroke, after the kind of like emptiness of the, you know, big paycheck, but kind of unfulfilling heart to the content, I just, I started like hunting for things and I found Yoga Nidra Mm -hmm. and I found like, you know, gosh, my yoga practice is actually feeding me a lot more and I am starting to be able to calm down and my nervous system is feeling a little more solid and less, I'm feeling less, you know, like frantic and, and buzzy, you know, and cause I'm right. a very high energy person. And, um, and so, you know, putting the pieces of myself together through that, I started taking trainings on the side and so I was still at a full-time job, but I was like amassing various trainings that, you know, right. helped me. And then, and initially I was like, I was totally just doing it for my own interest and edification and like my own, you know, depth of knowledge. I had no um, inkling that I wanted to put this together as a business. And then I realized I had all the pieces um, and I, yeah. And, and I took on a couple clients, same thing, you know, while working, I took on a couple yoga classes while working right. uh, my old job. And then I finally was ready to make the leap. And, uh, yeah, gosh, well, since that was five years ago, six years ago, I've got to do the math, but it's been a while. Well, I remember I meeting back. you around that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I remember meeting you around that time. And then I do want to talk about the, the night that we fell in love, but yeah. um, before <laughs> that, I do love that you tell your dad's story because being yeah. friends with you now and you know, being around your family more, I've gotten to know your dad. And Mm. it's, it's really interesting because he was a, I mean, he is a doctor yeah, and he was still a practicing doctor when the stroke happened. Yeah. Right. It was so intense. Yeah. And, and he, um, I mean, it's so fascinating too, because like you grow up and you respect your parents, hopefully on some level, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe hopefully the ones that are worthy of respect. Um, But you don't really see them I find you don't really see them yeah with admiration until usually a a good bit later and you know just as the years go on I'm like my dad is a massive healer like he holds the aura of healing for so many of my family members so many of my you know so many we were just actually it was so sad we had a quarantine picnic um we came to the front yard with Asa <laughs> about a week or two ago and they came outside and they were you know like 10 feet away sitting on chairs and it was really cute we ended up running into um an old high school acquaintance too who was just walking through the neighborhood and his wife who was pregnant and my dad was an OBGYN and and you know so everyone's like yelling across you know 20 feet but it was really cute because <laughs> we were all kind of talking and and you know, and it's like, when are you due? And she's due at the end of June. And, you know, she's like, how many babies have you delivered, Dr. Dude? And he's like, 5,000 at least. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it just, you know, it gave me pause again. I'm like, wow, this guy, he's such, and he's such a healer of women, um, yeah. which it was so, there's a, there's a fascinating book. Um, we don't have to go down that road, but where, uh, it talks about how a big lesson and, you know, you just take the metaphor if you want, but a big lesson of your own spiritual life or practical life is to think about, you know, what were some of the gifts of your parents and how, mm-hmm. how can you carry a blend of their missions forward into the next iteration that is you. And yeah. it's, it's a really cool thing to think about. Um, and I, 
it struck me, I think when I was reading that book a few years ago, when I realized, oh my gosh, it's this healing, you know, Western medicine, I have great respect for it. And I think there, you know, there's wonderful moments where it is very, very valuable, but I, I like to kind of widen the horizon on that to a lot more Eastern traditions as well. So there were moments actually, even at the end of college where I was like, do I need to go and get a pre-med post back? You know, I love helping people. I love the idea of helping people heal, but I've come to realize that I'm doing that just in a very different way. Yeah. Um, and just thinking about how, you know, that part of, you know, my parents, um, it's thinking about how I carry that mission forward is, is really super fascinating. That's, oh gosh, that's amazing. And, you know, your dad is so sharp. So, yeah, like, he is. My dad is literally a genius. He's, like, he's immense a genius. <laughs> I found that out, uh, you know, a few years after high school too, where there have been so many of those moments where I was like, shut up, dad, you don't know anything. <laughs> you know, like stupid yeah. teenage years. <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm like, oh, actually you're pretty sharp, you know? Yeah. And he's old. He's 80. He's going to be 81 soon. Yeah. Which is crazy, but it's true. Yeah. So fascinating that you said the, the, the part about you know, carrying your, your parents' mission forward. And I remember I was talking to Helen, who is someone mm -hmm. that you talk to regularly, mm -hmm. who lives in Australia, but can see your aura from far away. And I was talking to Helen about my parents and my familial life. And, yeah. you know, she's like doing my reading and she brings up my dad and she's like, Oh, your dad, he's, I can just see it. He, she, she was like, Oh, I can just see him. And he's such an admired person and he's so good. And your mom and, you know, it wasn't obviously into, into my adult years that I could truly appreciate the people that they, they are and the sacrifices that they made. And I, you know, it's I say so that nice with to see that through the lens of somebody else too, that admiration yeah. when you see somebody else admire and then you realize, oh my gosh, I've been close to this person my whole life and I have this tremendous opportunity, you know, and any kind of, you know, parent figure because sometimes, you know, the mom and dad relationship isn't so great, but it could be right. an uncle, whatever, grandparent. Right. My niece definitely has, you know, a, a great grandparent support system. Yeah. So I, I even see it with, with her all the time. And so it's interesting, you know, that your life really did take a shift when your father fell ill yeah. and that was a catalyst for everything that you're doing. So, you know, you move the corporate world, which if you know Joanna and you know what kind of corporate world she was in, it was intense. Um, <laughs> And you move into being a meditation consultant and I've worked with you. I know a couple of other people who have worked with you mm. and you really are changing lives. Thank you. Truly. Thank you. I think, you know, part of the reason I love doing it so much and working with folks is because I came from such a frazzled, you know, time in my own early career and I I just I saw you know how fractured people can be by a work life that isn't fulfilling and you know again I say this with great privilege and I understand that's privilege to say but so many of us are trapped in you know what we think we're supposed to do or who we think we're supposed mm -hmm. to be but when it's really 
99% of the time someone else's expectations of you um, and yeah. expectations of what your success might look like, which it's funny because, you know, for many years, my dad was even because um, he loved that I was making money and successful and all that. And, you know, he would sort of not make fun, but sort of be like, what are you doing with your yoga? And what's going on? He would never really get what I was up to. Mm-hmm. Now he does, which is nice. And he respects it tremendously, which is wonderful. But, you know, even um, during that transition phase, you know, it's, it's it was so liberating to just recognize and realize you know what at least the breadcrumbs of of who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do because even yeah. with motherhood I I still feel like what I'm doing might morph you know a little bit again and might and, and my job is to just keep following those breadcrumbs because um you know when you kind of figure out at least a bit of what your mission is you know be of service or you know be a guidepost or to be a teacher you know I know a big part of my mission is to be a teacher in some capacity and that's that has been a thread that's been that's kind of been with me for a very very long time and and a childhood thing as well um but you know when you then you when you kind of light that match of who you're working on you know you're working on finding who you're meant to be you're working on like what is my Mm -hmm. actual destiny what did I come here to do because you know, I have teachers that say, I love this. If you are here on the earth at this time, you basically won the lottery Mm -hmm. because it's such a dynamic time on the planet. It's such a time of transformation. It's such a, it's such a like coveted incarnation because you can do so much work. You can do so much work on yourself, on your own evolution, on your consciousness, on the people around you. And and this is a lifetime to be really treasured. And it doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. But, you know, and that's, and that's what people say about the kids that are being born now, too. You know, to say, I want to come to Earth at this time and help. They're basically like the... X-Men that have been sent here to save us all right like they're the, they're, yeah. they're the superheroes they're the like super evolved powerful beings um every time I talk to oh, Helen too right. she always like laughs about Asa she's like oh my god he's so intense I'm like I know <laughs> tell me about it um, well, but it's true yeah well going back to Helen and you know and just everything that I learned from her, you know, I, and somebody else, you know, I came to this lifetime to do, to do things, but also to get, lose things Mm. and, and, you know, a specific relationship you know about, I, according to Helen and according to Carolyn, another woman I've talked to in the past, I came to this, to this lifetime with the sole intent of letting this relationship go. Mm. And so it's interesting how we travel through time and we continuously travel through time and we end up in places to do something different and to continue to grow. And I feel that like this lifetime, you are here to teach people how to, to start that growth process. Mm. Thank you. And I think, I think it's, you know, it's amazing because it's kind of like everybody's having their moments during this pandemic and during the quarantine of, you know, I'm, I'm going to totally lose it and I'm going to, you know, (laughs) mutiny against my family or my roommate or my dog or (laughs) whoever it is, you know, "Ah, mutiny. 
and yet, and yet, you know, this is the practice, you know, this is, and I often have thought about, um, you know, how we each have our own thing that is perhaps making, and maybe you saying, saying, using the word handicapped isn't quite right. That's what's coming to mind, but I I feel like I'm misusing Mm -hmm. that. We each have that thing that's perhaps making I'm a little more challenging, you know, it could be an extra health issue, it could be, um, you know, stress from like a relationship or a breakup or like a recent breakup, I just saw, you know, an old client, um, you know, so it's sort of like it happened right before this. So she's going through this by herself. And, and yeah, and but we're but I feel like we all have and for me, you know, with Asa, and it's, it's, it's just so fascinating, because I feel like if I and if, I certainly don't want it to be this way, but it, you know, for those that don't have kids, I'm kind of like, my gosh, I feel like I would have so much time to meditate and to be doing all this work on myself mm-hmm. and to be, you know, like totally like shifting the quantum field of my consciousness. You know, I can get like so deep in, in all these, you know, tools that I'd want to be using and playing with and trying out. And then I realized, that's the easy, that's what I love already. That's the easy part. That's, that's a well-trodden path. And I've done that for hours and hours and hours, many times. And yet, you know, the relay of being a mother and a freaking, you know, um, one that's trapped at home, like so many of us are and, and in a tiny little house with, you know, your husband and your big, big dog, um, that's a lot harder, but that's my work. That's my, you know, and, and to be a teacher, you have to lead by example. And I have been, you know, like kind of put through the ringer with, like I said, with motherhood, but it's not a bad thing. And it's really, you know, right now it's like, this is my work. Can I meditate for a much shorter period of time than I would perhaps like to on a given day? But can I see, you know, chasing after my baby as, a meditation because it is and it to- or it can be as long as I'm being present because it's the times when I'm like oh I kind of want to you know scroll through Instagram or oh I kind of want to like send an mm-hmm. email or talk to a friend or you know think about something related to my business I-, I cannot really do that when I am being present with him and then yeah you know when I am fully present it's really incredibly rewarding. And I, you know, I have the luxury where I have taken a a much lighter client load just this year, Mm -hmm. because I felt that, you know, we've all as a family kind of needed that. And um, I hired a a nanny, a part-time nanny. And then like a couple weeks later, I had to fire her because she was lovely. She was so sweet. But I was like, I I don't know what I'm doing with these two hours you're giving me. And he would be really, really, he would just like cry the whole time. I'd get to a coffee shop be thrilled for like 12 minutes and then be twiddling my thumbs and being like missing him and <laughs> it's like a whole funny thing yeah. so that happened a couple weeks before this as well but but it's just it's so interesting because you know it's like whatever's in front of you that you wish would go away that's actually not again that's not how I feel about you Asa if you're listening to this I'm just being dramatic um but that thing that you're like oh, I'm sending him the yeah. <laughs> but that thing that you're like I wish I would you know would have more time to do this other thing instead of what's right in front of me it's like the, look at the thing that's in front of you that's actually the thing that's the work that's the teaching that's the spiritual upgrading that's the, the Jedi mind training and you know, I have days where I really get that and remember it. And then I have my days and moments when I don't, but, 
um it's been you know it's been wonderful but it's been intense and I think I think maybe that's that's kind of the motto of 2020 so far wonderful and intense and yeah kicking our butts um and you know when it comes to astrology like does it I hate asking it like this and I'll tell you why I'm asking it. Do you think that it does ease up a little bit for everyone? There's so, so it's so funny. I was watching, there's this great astrologer named Kay Pacha um, who does this weekly YouTube um, recording. I think it's called the Pele report. And I tried to play it for Taylor the other night. um, And he was just, and my husband is like a super grounded realist and we are perfect polarity to each other because we, we see very differently different things. We compliment each other really well. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, but um, he's an excellent dude. He's amazing. He's truly, he amazing. pays. Yeah. He likes to pay for things with bagels, which yes, I completely yes. appreciate. He, he really supports bagels, any kind of carbs. And he, um, but he was just like listening to me watch this paleo report and was losing it. He was, he was just, it's just, it's really funny. But anyway, this guy is a great astrologer. <laughs> so I, so of what I have studied, um, it seems like somewhere, it's really hard to say, but somewhere around June, July, some of the planetary mm-hmm. aspects are shifting to a more favorable place. Um, so June, July, things astrologically speaking, it looks like will be much better. And then potentially with an, a little blip right before the end of the year, or right before Christmas um, of again, some of these energies that we're seeing right now come back. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I have to admit, I'm not an astrologer and I want to learn more. And I, um, I definitely want to get back into bringing women together around uh, moon circles, which yes. of course, you've been to many of those too. Um, but they're the best. Yeah. And, and that's something that I am definitely passionate about as well as, is bringing kind of a, a woman's space. So I love teaching, you know, men and women. I, I feel that there's just there's just a need for women right now to have those spaces mm-hmm. where um, you know there's there's a sacredness and and by the way you know women and men are supposed to spend time apart that I, I think that's also part of a reason yes. why this is such a challenging time for those in relationship is you know you're really not meant to be with your partner and this goes for same sex relationships as well that you're you're not meant to be because it's it's like that male female polarity dynamic really is is it's the dynamic of opposites that dynamic of like the complementary energies um which goes in, into every relationship but it, but you know you're not meant to be with that person 24/7 because then you can't have as much of that that kind of dance with um, you know, the spaciousness of the longing, really, it's, it's the longing mm-hmm. for each other in, in whatever way, it doesn't have to just be physical, it's, it's a mental, emotional thing, too. And when you're around someone 24 seven, you're not you're longing for them to go away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you're not longing for them to be in your face. And, um, you know, we all need tell us something. Yeah. What was that? Trying to tell us something. No, no, no. But, but I think it's important to, but I think, you know, for those of us that are really cooped up with people, you know, it's, I think it's important to have alone time. And we actually had to have that conversation a couple of days ago where I was like, I need to go upstairs and you need to go downstairs at the end of the night for like at least 30 minutes or an hour. You know what I mean? Cause, cause mm-hmm. if you like each other, you're going to want to hang out, but it's not always so healthy to be 
Um, you know, and, and a lot of that goes into there's so many different aspects of understanding who we are. Another lens I like to look through is human design, which you also yes. know a lot about. Um, and I love I just love that world. And I have a great human design reader friend. Her name is Linda Thorelli, which you can probably find her on Instagram. But a lot of human design readers are like, you can't get on their calendar and they're like, you know, they're booked up for like th- they're thousands of dollars and they're booked up for thousands of years, but she's amazing. Right. She's very reasonable. And, but anyway, uh, I happen to be something called a manifester and that totally. is, that's a design that needs a lot of alone time, which is probably why the motherhood piece has been maybe extra challenging for me. Um, and certainly a bit of a, a bit of the uh, but you do too you're a projector you also need a lot of like private recharge time I get a lot of it but you get a lot of it (laughs) well (laughs) sort of I have I do have my my little dog and um she's the best it's funny because you say that and I haven't been alone at all yeah I mean she's a dog and she's quiet and you know she lays in her bed all day which before this, I thought that dogs and like do- dogs and cats had like a secret life of pets. <laughs> but honestly, they do not. They just lay and bark at things all day. Um, She's just leading yes, you on. I do love alone time. It's one of my favorite times. <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss it so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it's, it's funny what you what you will do. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And even you know, finding a couple minutes here and there, you, you learn to savor things. Um, and it's really, it's incredible, you know, but yeah. What, tell us more about human design. And I mean, I know that I'm a projector and I, I know that, and it's to a T, like yeah. I'm the kind of person who can manage things and definitely see things out beyond like the immediate thing. So I've always been really good at project management and, you know, running teams and definitely like a Kaizen kind of person, but what is human design? Oh my gosh. I love it. So I just, I, you know, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we understand ourselves, the more we can kind of unpack. Uh, There's a great yogic book called the owner's manual for the human body. And it's a, it's a series of Kundalini yoga sets. I teach from it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think of it that way, right? Like you need an owner's manual to your energy type, to your design. So human design is, is kind of in that vein and and takes into account um, astrology, the I Ching. There's a couple other components that go into it and it's, it's just fascinating, but there are, um, a handful of design types. And let me, let's see, generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, reflector. Yes, there are five types. Um, and basically it just helps you understand how you are designed to um, structure your life or unstructure your life, uh, what your energy types are, how you, you know, recharge, how you, you know, Taylor and Asa are both super intense generators. Mm. and generators are kind of like the opposite of manifestors and projectors um they love being around people all the time and they exude more (laughs) energy when they're with more people and it's I always think about it when I'm talking to clients about it like you're the people you're the person that will will just like in college you would just shut down the bar with the generator type um, or manifesting generator which is like the energizer bunny on steroids and I actually have a friend that's one and it is so 
her. I mean, it's like she can just go and go and go forever when she's out at a party versus me. I've always been this way when I'm tired. Um, I'm like, I'm out. And just, you know, I, I, I just leave even Thank in college, even Irish exiting yeah. because my body will shut down. I mean, it's not even Thanks. a joke. It's like, I will turn into a pumpkin at you know a minute past midnight and and my friends in college would always make fun of me for it because they'd be like what are you doing we're just getting ready to go out I'm like I'm getting ready for bed have a great time I'll see you tomorrow and I just didn't care and so so I think isn't that funny were you the same way yeah my nickname in college (laughs) and it was started by like a boy that I now am like oh he was hitting on you um my nickname (laughs) in college ghost because I would literally <laughs> ghost everyone at the bar and That's like leave. So funny! I love and it. I love it. Yeah, for years I would walk into like a bar or any like anything that we were all doing, and people would be like, "Bar ghost is here. Say your goodbye." <laughs> so I totally. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a way to understand. One of the things I've loved so much about it um, with parenting is. You know, even tonight, we were supposed to talk an hour before we did. And, you know, Asa has a lot of energy. Like, he is an energy being. And when, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned this early on with naps and stuff, he will not nap if he has even a tiny bit of energy left in him. He has, the gas tank has to be totally empty in order for him to sleep. And I could have, you know, said, I want to sleep train him or cry it out and be like, no, 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 this is your bedtime. This is your crib. Like, you you know, my way or the highway, like you got to do this. And some parents have to do that for a, you know, reason. And I, I get it. You know, every parent is doing the best they can, but I just knew with him that was never going to work. Like I would, I have to pay attention to his energy and it changes every damn day (laughs) I mean you know and so tonight it was like well he usually goes to bed around seven so like what's going on let's try it and then he just you know I tried to put him down and he was just like nope he's like rolling around like making noises and he Mm. had energy had energy in his body that he had to get out and so generators are very like physical beings and he's you know, he, ha- I, he, he was up for almost another hour after that, you know, because no. he had to get those little bits out. But it's, it's been so helpful to think and realize, you know, I don't have to stick him in a mold with, you know, I have many friends that have had kids around the same time. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, every time I put my baby down, like, they just go to sleep. It's no big deal. And most people don't have that experience. So I think I have a couple outlier friends, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, but, but I, or maybe they just have really sleepy babies, but I've realized, you know, it's true. I mean, everyone's an individual, of course, but it's nice to have some sort of understanding with a categorization of like, wow, you know, this is knowing now that Asa is this super physical being, um, I'm going to be able to use that throughout his life. I mean, and there's a great, mm-hmm. there's a great Instagram, um, parenting of human design. I think it's called the conscious parent guide or something like that on Instagram, uh, which is where I first learned even some of the, you know, how you can actually look at kids. And one of her advisements is as your kid is older, if you have a generator child, um, you can literally ask them before bed, you know, like, do you need to go run around the block three times to get the last ounce of energy out before you brush your teeth? 
or like you you know do you need to do a bunch of jumping jacks which I think is so cool because yeah you know most people would think like oh don't get your child riled up before bed you know what I mean like you know it needs to be soft dulcet tones Mm -hmm. (laughs) light music relaxing bath relaxation whereas that's not this guy's that's not how he's wired I mean he it's you know they can go they'll go 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 and then when the gas tank is empty they'll conk out and it was it was so nice to just realize that and to and even early on reading this conscious parent guide um some of her work that she's translated a lot of the human design like I said into parenting advice she was even like with generators you know you can phase out naps kind of early or you can you know they'll they tend to sleep a lot less or if they do sleep they like to sleep when they're moving Mm. which as you probably remember uh and I posted a lot about on Instagram he would only nap for many months when he was in the carrier on me and I was walking and it was again like oh my gosh it's such it was just so validating that's I maybe that's the best word for human design it's so deeply validating um, yeah to who you are and there's lots of places to learn about it but um yeah, Jenna Zoe is another great resource on Instagram and, and shares a lot of great information. But that's where I got my diet or like the diet I'm supposed to follow yeah. as a projector. As I bought the Jenna Zoe, um, she does a few videos where she explains like what kind of movement you're supposed to do. And um, it's interesting because it, it is down to a T, like the movement that I'm most successful in is the Pilates, like the reformer Pilates mm-hmm. machine. Mm-hmm. And I can only really work out a few days a week and I have to eat super clean or, yeah. my- and I mean, you know, I'm a girl that loves everything deep fried, but like, I can't <laughs> handle it. Um, I would totally eat deep fried food all the time if I could, but it's not in my human design <laughs> that way. So I can't. Damn. <laughs> Yes, but um, speaking more about, you know, Asa and, and your your business, I remember us having dinner at our favorite place, Sally's Middle Name, oh R.I.P. 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 Sally's. <laughs> and this was a few months before your trip to India, mm. which I kind of want to get into a little bit, mm-hmm. but you had you and Taylor had, you know, spoken about maybe not even having children. (laughs) I know it's so, it was so funny because so many friends that I called and I was like, we're pregnant. We're like, we're ha 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 April fool. Yeah. What? And I'm like, no, really? Um, yeah. I mean, it was, I call Asa my India baby, which annoys Taylor because he wasn't with me in India. So obviously it <laughs> didn't happen in India. But um, but it just, you know, India was one of those trips where, and I went with um, uh, many of my teachers. So Guru Jagat uh, and her teacher. And Incredible. these are all teachers that teach out of uh, Rama Institute for Science and Technology, Yogic Science and Technology. And I am obsessed with it. It's has locations in LA and New York and Mallorca, Spain. And anyway, I just, I went to India with this. So the main reason I wanted to go on this trip was there are these steps um, in a place in India called Goindwal, which is a little bit outside of Amritsar. 
and which is sort of near the border of Pakistan. And um, basically these steps are uh, in sort of the Sikh tradition, which, you know, Sikhism is one part of Kundalini yoga, but there, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's some parallels between the two, but Kundalini yoga is not a um, religion. It's a spiritual path, you could say. And um, so I, I remember hearing about these steps. Uh, there are 84 steps and, it's representative of um, sort of this karmic uh, load that we all carry. And the belief is that if you are on some sort of spiritual path, that you have lived 8.4 million lifetimes to get mm. there. Okay. And not all as a, like a human, but, you know, as you were like a tadpole and a fish, and, you know, whatever, a bird and all the things, right. all these lifetimes um, of evolution to get where you are, to get on a spiritual path. And so, and I remember, I, I literally remember watching a yoga class and my teacher was teaching, talking about these steps. And it was like, like I got this like buzzy, like, like this, I have to, this, this sort of intuitive knowing I have to do this. So these 84 steps, there's a well at the bottom and you basically, you chant this epic poem to God called Japji. It happens to be in another language called Gurmukhi. Um, and you chant it on each step and then you go and you like dip in the, in the well, in the holy waters at the bottom. And you do this on every single step. And at first you're kind of like, okay, what's the big deal? And then you realize that Jepchi is a 26 stanza poem. Um, actually, it might be longer. I'm blanking on that. But it's long, long, long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in another language. And you basically dip and then you go to the next step. So you are always going down and back, down and back, down and back. So it takes you like anywhere from like 15 to like 20 hours to do this. This is like major intense. Wow. Journey. But you do it because legend and lore um, is that you clear um, seven generations of karma behind you and seven generations of karma ahead of you when you do it. Oh. And your own karma as well. And so, and so I remember hearing that and just thinking, well, what? <laughs> what? Come again? <laughs> that sounds incredible and intense. And um, really, really, really interesting. And so that was really the thrust of wanting to go and wanting to, um, just experience this and do, and it was really intense and it was really, and it sort of like broke all my expectations. I thought it was going to be one way. It was really a different way. And it was like irritating in some ways and easy in some ways. And it was was a whole thing. Um, and and, you know, I just find it really funny that after going to get this sort of like karmic cleansing of all my future generations, uh, it was very, very easy for Taylor and I to um, conceive. <laughs> so it was like little, little Asa was hanging out waiting for me to do that. But so, yeah. but so that was the main reason I went to India. And then the whole rest of the trip was really dedicated to kind of like tapping into what was next for me and I, I remember I mean it's so crazy I remember praying all these temples you know, were in temples like in the foothills of the Himalayas and beautiful places in India India is so mm-hmm. such an intensely pol- polarized place because it's so you know such peace and beauty and spiritual depths and there's such yeah. intensity and sadness and you know sickness and trash and uh, you know it, it's really 
it's a lot it's a lot to take in and but I remember you know in those moments of being in these very high high kind of heavenly places you know and our teachers you have to bow when you enter a temple you literally have to it's a you know sign of respect to take off your shoes and I remember every time I would bow you know they would say look every time you bow your head you're in the spiritual place say your prayer what's your prayer have it have an intention and it's for all of us and for myself I need to remember that every day you know it's very important in these days that we are living with some sort of intention even if it's just like today I want to feel my breath and today I want to remember what I'm grateful for today. whatever it could be anything but we have to have an intention we have to really you know follow it and if we use it in our days it can be very powerful and uh, you might get pregnant with a baby if you have a powerful <laughs> intention to open yourself up no but my intention in all these these temples I remember I would constantly pray to activate whatever was next for me I would say that I would wow. to like help me activate my next you know, the next step in my destiny, whatever that is. And I was really open um, to that, maybe in a way I, I hadn't been before. And um, yeah, so, <laughs> and then I also, I don't know if I ever told you this, I also had a reading with a numerologist by now, all your listeners can tell we're like totally, we're into the intuitive psychics, we're into the nu- nu- numerologists, we're into the human design readers, it's all of it. Totally. Um, but I he get it was, from my parents. I love it. I think I, I get it from my sister. Who knows? Someone once told me I was an astrologer, astrologer in a past life. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, who knows? But, um, but a, a numerologist named Leo, uh, who was from Russia and was on the India trip as well, the Yatra, and I had a numerology mm-hmm. reading and I recorded it. And I remember him in the reading he was like you are mama and he had this like you know thick russian accent he's like you are mama and i was like oh like to my like clients you mean to my you know people take my yoga classes he's like no no mama <laughs> you have to have children like you are mama and i just i remember Aww. just being like you're crazy dude like what <laughs> i want my money back <laughs> oh wow um, no it was it was really funny but i think i i think looking now in hindsight you know everything was an opening everything was a it was all meant to be it was all all, all meant to be and it was so perfect I mean because Isa like I t- said at the beginning I think of this call has been my most intense spiritual teacher and he's mm-hmm. I mean talk about a helper in this time of being present as well because there are so many rabbit holes we can be going down right now. You know, all the 5G stuff and all the conspiracy theories and all the, you know, there's so many things that you can kind of look into. And whether they're true or not at this point, it doesn't really matter if you have to, you know, take care of the thing that's right in front of you and figure out your next right action for what's right in front of you. And constantly, constantly, constantly is he reminding me of that, um, which I'm really grateful for. And, you know, it's a a challenge. I mean, motherhood is no joke. Parenthood is no joke. Um, And and some people do have babies that are a little easier and, you know, maybe a little smoother. Um, But Asa has definitely, you know, given us a run for our money sometimes. But it's, but like I say, you know, in a way, I asked for it. I asked for, I want that next spiritual Uh (laughs) up-leveling. And he's given it to us. And he's amazing, as you know. I mean, he's a really, I think so many of the kids that are that are coming 
now are they're just they're really incredible beings and they're really loving yeah. and they're really they're different you know even my my niece and nephew that are my nephew's about to go to college you know like the even like this my I have a good friend that always talks about the teens she's like the teens are amazing the teens are going to mm-hmm. save us I believe in the teens and so I have a niece and nephew that are teens and also um you know some that are like five and six and not and younger and totally you know, they're just they're all so beautiful they're such incredible beings and they I just think their egos are a lot different. They're not as all, you know, effed up as ours are. And, and the next they're so smart. They're smart. They really care about um, being of service. They care about, they understand that we're citizens of the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just about being an American or being a Catholic or being a this or that, whatever your like identity profile is. It's, it's much more open-armed than that. And I, respect that so much and I, I think it's just it's really incredible um I agree yeah. I totally agree I mean I have a six-year-old nugget of a niece yes she's so cute so cute and so smart and um I mean she figured out how to use TikTok which at this <laughs> point we're like you know what whatever if you get ahead of everybody <laughs> that's fine um, right so right like they are so aware and they're also living through this really interesting time because I mean I feel like the kids who are teens now were born around you know and Mm -hmm. have grown up in this post and now the kids that are going through this are going to live in a post this world that mm. they are being shaped by these, you know, catastrophic events that are going to make them better people. And I, I don't even mean to say better people. I mean to say more of like aware and yeah. determined to not let this happen in the future again. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's incredible. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to remember too, you know, this, there's so many things at play and just one person, we have the power truly to affect, you know, our electromagnetic fields, which is actually something you can measure with magnets. It's a whole, you know, we talk a lot about it in Kundalini yoga and there's all these meditations to really strengthen your field, but there's an incredible, um, place called the heart math institute that's also doing research on it um and basically you know i'm i'm gonna like butcher it a little bit but basically understanding that from a scientific lens what you are emitting out into your field like what if you're emitting like groundedness strength steadiness an open heart or if you're emitting fear anxiety frustration that can filter and spread um, beyond your immediate person, right? And to and can yeah. actually, like that can actually influence and spread to the people that are, you know, passing on the street and of course in your homes. And so when you think about that though, it's so, we have this ability to really empower ourselves and to recognize that, you know, we can, through small shifts, you know, we can start to, um, you know, kind of be that very subtle, perhaps, but still very powerful and very palpable um, presence and way of, of, you know, teaching and practicing um, sovereignty 
and mm-hmm. teaching and practicing that that uh, you know self evolution and self empowerment that um, I think so many of these you know teens and kids all they think they already possess it and which is so cool and I yeah. love I love that but I think as adults you know it even gets back to the meditation piece of being able to there's lots of different ways to meditate I mean that's always a big takeaway when I teach you know like a bigger corporate event or bigger organization event because it's it's so many of us think you have to sit still perfectly you know clear your mind like a you know clear lake and that's one form and it's a beautiful form of meditating and yet it's not always the right entry point for everyone and there are so many excuse me entry points there's so many um you know, ways to find that peace. You just, if, if you've tried meditation and you haven't liked it, you just haven't found the right meditation for you. Um, right. I'm very passionate about teaching that because everybody can find something that they enjoy. It just might not be the same as the next person. I totally, I, I mean, I do, um, I try to meditate. Um, yeah. I've, I've been to Kundalini. Yeah. Um, and you're so sweet because there's one exercise that I just can't bring myself to do. And you're like, just sit there. (laughs) Um, But I, I love sound baths and sound healing and Mm -hmm. our friend Michelle actually, you know, I was telling her a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, Oh, I wish I could just sit and meditate. And she's like, just sleep and meditate. Like put on, you know, a sound bath, put on, you know, any kind of energy or sound energy healing and you're still meditating. And I think I remember you and I talked um, sometime this fall when I was really sound meditating like every day and I was unblocking so much that I full on cried for 30 minutes in the shower one day and it Mm. just came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's so great to just like have that cathartic release. It's beautiful. Yeah. So now, you know, with going on, you had mentioned that you had been talking to a lot of corporate clients via Zoom. Um, How has your business evolved from like being a mom and then being a mom in quarantine or just being an (laughs) entrepreneur in quarantine? Oh my gosh. I've had to just like let you know, my spirit guides take the wheel, <laughs> so, to, so to speak. Um, no, it's been, it's been hard. I mean, it's just been, it's been hard because I've felt like I cannot, um, you know, get as much space from ASA as perhaps a business needs. And yet, yeah, it's also been good because I've learned that I can keep my business going while again, spending a lot of time with Asa during the day so doing things at night doing things on the weekend when Taylor can be more present with him and um and finding ways you know to be creative with my clients and having really wonderful clients that understand um you know a crazy schedule with Mm -hmm. a baby and 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 yet it's also really crystallized that I gosh, I respect stay at home moms in a way that I never, ever, ever fathomed or understood, you know, the challenge of ever. And I think it's interesting because everyone's getting a taste of it now pretty much with the quarantine, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, it is God's work to be a full-time stay at home mom. And I, 
and I, you know, I realized that I, I want to definitely continue um, to teach in other ways. And I want Asa to see me as a, as a teacher in other ways. And I think, um, I think it's been really rewarding to have those moments where I can connect with clients and to have those, you know, I teach a class now every Saturday on Zoom, a Kundalini class, and it's really sacred time for me because I, lo- I love to teach and I love to formulate the classes and different things will come to me even throughout the week of like, oh, I need to teach the meditation and I want to, you know, talk a little bit about this before class starts and X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I've just had to become really merciless. Really, I've had to become merciless about anything that's kind of superfluous to my mission right now, which might sound a little bit harsh or draconian, but Mm -hmm. I even have, you know, friends that were like trying to find phone dates and I love them dearly, but it's like, I'm unable right now to focus on, you know, I think it's very important to talk to your friends and family, but you know, some people where it's kind of like, I really want to talk to them, but it still, it might be another two or three weeks till yeah. we, we do, because I have to find ways to prioritize what is going to nourish me. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm really unapologetic about being as selfish as a, you know, a mom can be, but as selfish as anyone can be because selfish is, is not a, it's not a bad word necessarily. You know, we're, we are oriented through the eyes of self and we have to take care of ourselves. And when we're in a state of being cared for in by our own, you know, internal needs, then, then we can be of service to the world. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm realizing that I absolutely love to be uh, teaching in the world and I'm, I'm interested to see how that will change. You know, I will, of course, have to get some help uh, watching Asa down the road when this is over. And like I, I like I mentioned to you, I tried that earlier and it didn't quite work. It wasn't the right time, but I think right. getting bigger, you know, and we're figuring, we're finding our way and he's eating more solid food. So it's not like he has to be near the boob every hour kind of thing, <laughs> right? Like it's going to be okay. And I'm going to find yeah. ways to get a little more spaciousness um, because it's been, you know, I have been able to focus a lot less on my business, but it's been, I think a really good lesson too, that with an intensity of focus, even for perhaps a shorter period of time, you can still get a lot done. Um, it just requires, again, I think being kind of merciless about other other things, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And I think that we had had this conversation a few months after Asa was born, mm-hmm. where we both talked about how this is the only time that you will have with him at this age. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. you know, eventually you grow up and you don't have you don't have the, these moments. And, and so... I think, I think it's, it's so hard for so many moms because we're in a society that kind of forces you to, to choose early on, you know, are you going to be a stay at home mom? Are you going to work? From, are you part time? Mm-hmm. Are you going to like, you know, keep being a badass at your job? And, and it's like, it's not really fair that we have to choose that right from the get go, you know, right. like that, you know, motherhood is a super high calling. And we, by the way, you know, and I was literally just reading passage about this earlier that a yogi teacher says, you know, all women are mothers. It has no, no bearing on whether you have kids or not. Like if you have kids, great. You don't have kids. Great. Mm -hmm. Like we have this energy of 
creating and caring for things and, you know, whatever they are, businesses or whatever, communities. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. And I just read that. But, but um, yeah, like, it's not fair that we have to kind of demarcate where, you know, one job ends and the other begins. I, I think I am hoping after maybe, after, you know, one of the silver linings after the pandemic is that things will be more fluid. Um, things will be, you know, I, I am, I have no regrets that I am, have spent so much time with my son. I mean, it's, it's been yeah. hard, but I also love it. And I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade like the moments where we're both rage crying at each other. <laughs> Those oh. were the early days. Um, no, no, no. They've gotten so much better. He was pretty colicky the first couple months and it was, yeah. really, it was really hard, but, um, but it was, but I wouldn't trade it because it, you know, talk about nerves of steel, talk about putting into practice all of the spiritual, um, you know, things I'd learned over the years and all of the yoga and meditation I've done. You know, I had built a reservoir of meditative strength that really got called upon hard and, you know, mm-hmm. we made it through and, and, um, you know, I, I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I forgot, I forgot that I said that to you, but it's so true. You know, this is a really short time and I'm, I'm happy that I will be able to say I didn't miss a thing you know I was there and I and my heart goes out to the moms that wanted to do that but weren't able to because they were kind of forced into you know um a place by circumstance so you know it's a a luxury that I'm able to take um and to really compartmentalize my work on nights and weekends a lot more but um I some people have that luxury and they don't take it so I'm glad I'm glad that I've been taking it yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad you have too, because, you know, I, I know how hard you've worked yeah. and how, how much you put into your practice and into your yeah. business. And so, you know, it, it was, it was really beautiful to see you basically take a stand and yeah. say, you know what, right now I can do this. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that like, the things that are are meant to be for you will be. And I think that for you in general, like your business will, will be there. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, like as a good friend too, I love that you took this time to, to get to know your baby, to get to know your son. Yeah. Me too. And myself. I mean, wow. You learn a lot about yourself too. Uh, I feel like, you know, I think that people are now really starting to see that. And those of us who have the privilege to be inside for sure have, you know, this, this new found appreciation for like every small thing. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. We have talked. I know. I just looked at the time. I was like, oh, damn. No, and I love it. I love it. This is going to be the longest podcast ever. I hope people are still listening right now. Um, But I adore you and I can't wait to see you again. Oh my gosh. I adore you too, my love. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, of course. Um, If there are any parting words of wisdom or anything that you can give us advice on for finding stillness and finding calm during these troubling times, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, I think I think two things. Um, one is just 
see if you can be present with what is right in front of you. When that's your email, great. When that's when that's Instagram, great. Like just be on Instagram. When that's your kid, great. When you're eating lunch, great. You know, just find the thing that you can be present with right in front of you um, and practice that presence. And even if you have to bring it back, you know, 15 times in 30 seconds, it's a practice. Um, and the second thing I would say is, is see if you can bring intention to what you're doing as well. You know, if you can wake up and say, how do I want to feel today? What do I, what do I want to give today? Um, and it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't even have to write it down. You know, you can, if you want, but just, but just that moment of like, what's my intention? Even before you go to bed, like I intend to sleep well. I intend, you know what I mean? Like these moments, yeah. like any moment that we can bring that intention, because we're really powerful. We're really powerful creators and we forget that. Um, and if we, we have that power of intention, and we kind of point that laser beam of it, we direct it at the task at hand or the relaxation at hand, then, you know, we're unstoppable um, and we can tap into that power. And it's really, it's really incredible to see and to see it unfold in yourself. Oh, I love that. Um, so to round things out, my mm. friend, would you be open to doing a Zoom moon circle soon? <laughs> I know I really need to. Yes, I would. I would as long as um, folks don't mind if I have to, you know, run off and feed the little goober at some point in the middle of it. But you know, I feel oh, like people right. would be down for that. Yeah, I would totally be down for that. I love the little goober. Um, I but I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your light, sharing mm. your your wisdom with us. Um, I know that we. I said we would talk about other things like the night that we fell in love, but it's a story for part another two. day. Part uh, two. That'll be next time. Part, <laughs> part two. Yeah. We also have to like unpack my astrology reading from earlier this year. And this is where we just like lost everyone because they're like, oh, these girls, their moon circles and their astrologers. <laughs> Usually when I start talking about this stuff, people are like, okay. And then I'm like, actually my astrologer told me that this was gonna happen well not this but she said (laughs) she literally was like there's gonna be this fury like flurry of activity um and then in mid-march it's just gonna stop you were like oh my gosh I know oh everybody knew yeah everybody knew but um thank you my love you're so welcome and thank you so much for having me of course and where can we find you Oh, yes. So you can find me at wanderingwellness.com. And that's where uh, all my digital classes are under the events tab. And then uh, an Instagram at wandering wellness. And I love, you know, when folks send me messages, you can always DM me or send a message through my website. Um, I'm always happy to in the direction of resources, that sort of thing. And what are you teaching next? I'm teaching a Kundalini class on Saturday. So every Saturday at 9.30 Eastern and uh, Kundalini yoga, if you've never tried it, you just have to try it. It's an experience. It's a little different. Um, there's tends to be a little more breath, a little more chanting, but I, really it's, it's you, like I said, you have to try it. Every class is very different. And I, um, yeah, I fell in love with it. I fell hard. So I love to teach it because I've found it to be a really fast transformational practice. Um, and that's what I'm teaching right now, but definitely more coming down the pike. And like I said, some, 
some yoga nidra, some guided yogic sleep is going to have to happen soon. And I, I might even do an Instagram live of that soon. I think we all need a little, a little yogic sleep. We totally do. Well, Joanna, thank you so much. I will. My pleasure. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, love. Bye, love. <laughs> Isn't she just magic? Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did enjoy, send me a message. Tell me what you want to hear and who you want to hear from. And I will try my very best to get them on the Good Millennial Podcast. Until next time.